Okay, hello. Hi, how are you? I am really good. How are you? I'm great. Great. I feel like it's been so long since we've chatted. I think it has been so long. Yeah, literally. Um, Well, let's get this started. I'm Olivia. I am Tiffany. And today we are going to chat about commission salon and booth rent salon and like non-competes yeah salon structures yeah cool Love it. okay take it away tiff well i mean obviously this podcast is mostly for hairstylists but i guess if you're not hairstylist and you're listening to this i feel like the two most common ways of being a hairstylist and like working at a salon are you are either a commission hairstylist or you are a booth rent hairstylist right yeah and commission obviously is exactly like it sounds. You make a commission mm-hmm. off of your service sales. And booth rent is where you pay to rent your chair and you are your own boss independent contractor. Yeah. So we are both now independent contractors. We have gone independent. Um, I've been independent for, gosh, I think four or five years now, which is crazy to say. I've been independent coming up on four years. What? It blows my whole mind that it's already been that much time. Yeah, it, like, flies by. And then I was commissioned for, I think, gosh, four or five years. must have been, I I think I was commissioned for almost five years, and then I think I've been booth rent for almost four years. I don't even remember. I've lost track, but. Yeah, I don't remember, quite honestly. I think I was commissioned for like four years. Four I feel years. like that whole part of my life is just kind of a blur. It's just flown by. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I don't want to like start a riot with what we're about to talk about. But a riot. <laughs> I I think I think the idea of commission salons are great. And I think if they were run correctly they would be amazing my experience I worked at two different commission salons and then other people that I've talked to in my area who have worked at them they are not run how they should be and it's very easy to then get trapped or taken advantage of yeah for sure and that was my experience yeah I mean you know, I feel like when you get out of cause school, at least like when me and you got out of cause school, like assisting a top stylist was like not a thing, right? right. Like you kind of had like one option. You worked at a commission salon, assisting, going through like their apprentice program. Yes. And that was it. Like, yes. and then they like give you this piece of paper And don't explain any of the fine print and you like sign your life away. I am really like glad that I did not have to experience a non-compete. But yeah, you did. I I did not. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't I feel like we didn't really have a choice but to go into like a commission setting. Where where now it's like night and day difference. I mean, so many stylists are like going out booth rental just straight yeah. out of school which I like I love that you go get them but yeah I mean if you can skip the taking advantage of part for years then heck yeah yeah but um, 
I didn't get that luxury, but I never had a non-compete, so you did. Yeah. What those, was yours? Competes are rough. Um, my non-compete was 12 air miles away from where the salon was, and I could not do any clients that I was doing at the salon at my new place. Yeah. It was horrific. And it was for a year. It was only a year which I will say that year did go by really fast, but the year was also rough. For I mean, sure. I, like, I had to drive like one way just, yeah. to, just to do hair. For just sure. To, like, and at that point, like I was starting from the bottom, like rebuilding my business. So, and I like, I was working at a bar to make it by. Oh yeah. So to have to like drive an hour because of this stupid non-compete. It was just, it was horrible. So I actually this morning saw, so back to like, I guess, first to commission salons. Like again, the the thought of like, yeah, you're making a commission on your sales, but then as the salon, they provide everything for you. So ideally you just come in, clock in, work and leave. And they're supposed to provide your color, your back bar, your marketing, your front desk person, like everything. And um Again, that was not really my experience. But then if you're even more unfortunate that you're working at a commission salon that isn't providing those things, you're kind of losing money on your commission at that point, right? Because like for me, I was 60-40. So I made 40%. The salon made 60%. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'm happy to give up 60% if it's going to pay for all those other things. But we were constantly out of color, didn't have what I needed, constantly out of back bar. Front desk was a hot mess. Like was always messing up my schedule and my clients and things. So it was like, I'm now costing, it's costing me money. Yeah, definitely. And then if you get even more unfortunate that you're trapped in a non-compete, then you're like trapped at this salon that's taking advantage of you. Yeah. So I saw a post this morning that said non-competes are a cop-out for leadership. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so true. Like, it's basically just like you're in a slave contract with me now you're going to work with me forever and I don't have to provide anything that I say I'm supposed to provide because now you're trapped here yeah well and you want to know what I want to know like I so I was the same I was like 60 40 uh, and I want to know like if stylists really know how much how much more money you can make being independent I mean, literally, I mean, like, just think about it now. Like if we, if you have a $10,000 a month in sales and you only get 40% of that. $4,000, but then your taxes come out of that too. So it's like, you're not even making the full 40. No, you're, it's just, it's mine. It's, it literally is so mind boggling to me, which I, I completely understand, like, like you said, like com- there's a place for a commission salon. There's a stylist for commission salons. For sure. It's not saying commission salons are bad, but I think they're just not, I'm not finding them that are run in the way that they are supposed to be run. For sure. I think commission yeah. salons could be amazing again, if they are run appropriately. I would honestly probably work at one if I could find one that actually ran yeah. how it was supposed to run. And I would give up that 60% if I was getting 
again, the color and the back bar. And I could just come yeah. in, walk in, do my hair and leave. You're marketing for me. You're like bringing in new clients for me. You have the front desk that's running efficiently. I'm getting benefits, a 401k. You're paying for my education, like all of those things. Then I'd be willing to give up my extra 60%. But I didn't get hardly any of that. So I'm like, I'm going to take my 60% and I'm going to go give it to myself. Like, yeah. Well, and you know, like, obviously, yes, like all of those things that you just listed are super important to like why we choose to like work at a commission-based salon but at least for me like the really big thing was like the the environment yes the community that was there and like the aesthetic right I mean just because you work at a commission-based salon doesn't mean that your that your clientele is coming to you solely because of the salon that you're in right Right. like your clients are coming to you like especially this day and age like clients find you because of social media right yes um so even when you're at a commission-based salon like you still have to keep in mind like you're you have your own brand like you are your own person should yeah for sure So, well, at least, yeah, like you should, at least that was like my whole thought when I was at like a commission. So on like, yeah, I work here, but I also like want to build my brand and like who I am as a stylist. Well, and that's why like when I was at the salon, like we had to have fake names. Like my name was Avery. What? Yeah. Oh, Tiff, you didn't know this what yeah my name was Avery for what like your clients thought your name was Avery yeah uh, my name was Avery I was not a lady to my most asinine thing I have ever heard in my life yeah is that so that then if you left like they didn't actually know who you were yeah they like so and that's what they were like trying to get away with was like oh Avery's not here anymore so you stay here and my my jaw is on the floor yeah well and then at that point too like like my clients like they knew I was Olivia like I was like yeah my name's not really Avery my name's Olivia and I didn't do that like out of like a sneaky way like oh my god there's nothing sneaky about you telling people your actual name yeah like I told them my name was Olivia because at that point, like, there was not a stylist, another stylist there with the same name. So there was, like, no point for me to, like, I keep going by this fake name, fake, fake person, you know? <laughs> that, like, disgusts me. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Tiff. I thought you knew that. I had no idea. And that just goes back to, again, like, you are operating your salon in such a scarcity, like, awful mindset right yeah. like you like, are really, so afraid of your stylist leaving and taking people that you won't even let them go by their actual first name yeah and what does that say about you as a leader at that point like people are going to leave if they're going to leave and if they are so unhappy that you are losing people left and right I think it's time that we like sit down and look in the mirror a little bit right well and if someone's like so unhappy to be coming to this place every day like wouldn't you want them to be happy and like go elsewhere? Why would your solution be I'm gonna trap you and keep you here? Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Like you keeping me here is actually making me hate this place even more. hundred <laughs> percent. I heard from someone in my area who she luckily got out, but she had told me that the salon that she used to work at, she left because they were trying to enforce non-competes on them. And it was such a strict non-compete that basically you could not do hair within the city or do extensions or even like talk to these clients for the next like three or four years. And it's like, do you really think you own people like that? Exactly. Like, and guys, we're like in 2023. <laughs> like, yeah, people are going to do what they want to do. And I just, it it's so mind boggling that non-competes are still a thing though. Well, because I think it's a bunch of scared, scarcity mindset type of not leaders. Yeah who aren't confident in what they're bringing to the table to keep employees at that point. That is the craziest thing I think I've ever heard. That's oh, yeah. Sorry. That's that's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, I mean, but that's like solely it's why, common. what'd you say? I said, it's so common. Sorry. I'm just still oh, thinking. No, yeah. It's so common. It's crazy. But like back to like like obviously yes, like making sure that you have like your back bar, your color, like everything you need that a commission salon's supposed to provide for you. But also like if you're working in this salon that doesn't meet like your aesthetic like idea, you know, like that like affects that affects you also and like yeah what you're like trying to build as like an individual stylist too because I think that is really important like now like in our industry like even if you are at a commission salon and again nothing wrong with a commission salon but I think we need to like not forget that you are still like your own person you are you're the one doing your client's hair not the salon right. so I think it's like still really important that even if you work at a commission salon you're like still building your brand and who you are as a stylist and like what puts you apart from all the other stylists at your salon and what's so funny is like true leadership is building people to be the best that they can possibly be right yeah and that is, that should be every salon owner's goal is like, if you are going to work with me, like I am going to help you in any way that I can to be the very best that you possibly you can. can be. And that goes back to like, build your brand. Like I, I worked somewhere where like, every time I tried to level up, take a class, like brand myself, create a website, I was like stomped on like, no, don't do that. And the reason is because they only want to build you to the point where they're like profiting off of you the most, but not to where you're good enough that you have the confidence that you can do it yourself. Yeah. But really, again, like a good salon would be like, I want to teach you how to market yourself because the more profitable that you are as a stylist, the more profit I'm making as a salon owner at that point, right? Like if I can train you and grow you to be so good that like you are bringing it into my salon, it's like one less thing for the salon owner to have to do. Yeah. But they don't want you to have the confidence to do that in case you want to leave. 
which goes back to the scarcity mindset, but for sure. I mean, and at the end of the day, again, true leadership is like building people to the best. And so if you build them to this really great person and then they think that they want to go do it on their own, like that's the sign of great leadership and you shouldn't want to squash that. But I mean, no. people do. Oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, especially in commission salons, I think that like line gets fuzzy like they think like you're my employee, you better do what I say. And I'm like, but you don't make money unless I make money. So we're kind of a team here. Like, yeah, I'm the one doing it. Right. So like, you need to support me so that I can then support you. But again, I've never found that not to say it doesn't exist. I'm sure there are really great commission salons out there, but I have not found that. I just think like, like back to like what you just said, I think commission salons forget like yes we work for you but we're hairstylists like we don't need to be working 60 hours a week right and we don't need to be at the salon if if I only have one client on my books right? right like I don't need to sit in the break room and twiddle my thumbs and like pray for a walk-in right like that's not how our industry works anymore and again, great leadership would be like, okay, you don't have somebody in right now. Like, let me pay for an online class for you to watch while you're here. Let me help, like, give you a marketing class that you can take. Like, at least then continue to grow them during that slow time so that eventually they learn how to do it themselves. But sure. but don't yeah. make me, like, sit in the break room and fold towels for don't five Don't make me hours. dust your blinds and clean yeah. the toilet because like, I don't have a client right now. Yeah, like, I'm not your maid. And that was my assistant program too. It was, I basically was the cleaning person for two years until they finally decided like, okay, now you can take a client here and there. And I'm like, I was like 1000%. I was like restocking color. Yeah. Like the salon personal assistant, not a hair assistant. For sure. I think if anything, like this is going to sound so bad, but I think if anything, like my assistant program has literally taught me like everything that I like if I were to ever get to the point of life like to offer like in a like an assistant program or something I think my experience has taught me like stuff that I would not do 100% no (laughs) absolutely that's something that Lydia and I have talked about. I was like, I want you to feel like you're like hands-on, like learning. I don't want you to feel like the cleaning person. And that's not to say that like assistants won't have some cleaning responsibilities because they will. But like, I, I'm going to, I pay for a cleaning person for the salon. Like you're not, you're not here to learn how to clean. You're here to learn how to do hair and I'm going to help you in any way yeah. that you can. And I only learned that by not having that too. Yeah. So I feel like what I've been seeing in the industry is like, I think commission salons have their place, but I think that they are a revolving door. And I think like they're a great first place to start out of beauty school. Like, but people I'm seeing a lot of stylists are like going to a commission salon for a year or two out of beauty school to like get their feet underneath them, learn the ropes and grow. And then they bounce and they go independent because again, like you're only going to give up so much of your money for so long when you're not getting it in return once you get that confidence like i can do this on my own people are jumping into independent yeah you're like as they should yeah which another this like brings me back to like i think another popular reason why i mean if you think about it a lot of these stylists that are at a commission salon that have been there like five plus years 
like they're like the ogs of the salon Mm -hmm. right like they're i don't want to say older stylists but like they're they are they're like older stylists like they started in this industry when it was way different than what it is now yeah so i think that has a big part of it too like why would i why would i want to work at a commission salon that isn't like following the trends or like her it just becomes like a place you get stuck yeah yeah and like who wants to do that who wants to feel like they're stuck in such a freeing career I mean this career you can like the sky is the limit yeah you can do anything yeah so that's kind of what I'm seeing is like most most stylists go into this industry so that they can do what they want with their own career. And yeah, like, I feel like we all kind of have to start out at a commission salon because right out of beauty school, you don't have clients. You really don't know what you're doing yet. You need to learn. But then once you get that confidence, we're bouncing and we're going to figure it out on our own from there on out because I'm not getting stuck here. Because I feel like it just, you become stuck when you're there. Yeah. Um, I almost wonder, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, what do you think? I almost wonder if, if a stylist like went out on their own out of beauty school and if you if that like specific person had like the right work ethic and like determination to like they knew what it took to build a business using like social media platforms do you think do you think it'd be possible yeah absolutely yeah i do do too I think like you said before, it kind of like your team and your like support system would be like what you would really need to lean on because like you just haven't experienced it yet. Right. Like you haven't experienced building a clientele. You haven't experienced having an angry client. Like those are the things that like you only learn by doing. So not to say you can't do it. You absolutely can. But I think it would be a little tougher to not have like the salon backing a little bit. But if you went into the right, maybe booth rent salon with that type of support, absolutely you could. Yeah. You would probably I, yeah, agree. yeah. I mean, because now that I'm thinking about it, like, like if you leave a commission salon, like you, you signed a non-compete. So you have to start over anyways mm-hmm. at that two year yeah. mark. Yeah. So I guess why not just go ahead and like rip the bandaid off? Yeah. And For just sure. start- if you're confident and like, especially your skill set, right? Like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what it comes back to though. Like, are like, you're, are you confident in like the work that you're putting out there? And are you like willing to put the work in? Yeah. And do you have that little bit of support when you do, are going to, cause you're going to stumble. Like we all still. Stumble. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do you have the right support that can help you in that moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think you could. Yeah. I, I agree. So then yeah. jumping in, let's talk booth rent. Yeah. <laughs> do it I didn't know that was really a thing when I first started doing hair um my very first salon kind of opened my eye to it a little bit because they had part booth renters part commission but they were they were kind of forcing their booth renters out and going commission so that was how I was like oh you could like rent a chair I didn't even know that was a thing yeah but then when I left and decided to go independent there were a couple booth rent type salons but none of them really fit like what I was looking for. So I went into a suite. Yeah. So and I could like make your, it what I wanted. What was like your feel off that? Um, it's not for everyone. 
Um, and it wasn't for me long term because I did miss, I went into a suite with somebody. So I at least had like that little bit of support, but like Mm -hmm. we didn't work together every single day. So I very quickly learned like how to work or be okay working by myself. Yeah. And I just really did miss that like camaraderie and like bounce ideas off of and teamwork. Like, again, I had one person, so that did help, but I knew my goal would eventually be to work with a team again. Yeah. Yeah. But I know some people who work in suites like long-term and, and they're like, I love working by myself with just me and my client. And I think that's great. And the benefit of a suite is you do get to make it your own. Um, Cause it's like your own salon. But then also the downfall of that is like, it all falls back on you there too, you know? So yeah, it's a lot more work. It for sure is like oh, the laundry. I mean, I'm I always, to you, yeah, you know. I always forget my laundry at home. Mine oh. had a laundry machine in the break room of the suites, but um, you had to pay for it, like a dollar. Yeah, that mine has it. I just, I think it's like three dollars a load, and oh, I'm dang. not doing that. Ours is either a dollar or a dollar fifty. I can't remember a load. I think it's like $3 total, like washing and dry. Oh, I see. I see. But I'm still not doing that. I mean, we definitely had to make sure we have quarters. So that was annoying. It's a tax write-off if you do it at home. Oh. Mm -hmm. There you go. Heck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's another benefit of being booth rent is you can start writing stuff off. Definitely. So um, let's talk about our salons now, I guess. Yeah. So I currently own a booth rent salon and you are opening a booth rent salon. Yep. And I feel like our goals with that are very similar that we want to provide, like, basically I want it to feel like you're working kind of at a commission salon, but like you get to keep all the money in your pocket. Yeah. Like you still have full independent rights. You're still completely a salon owner, but you get to come in, run your business and go and then. I provide, and I think you said you were going to provide like back bar, retail, stuff like that. Yeah. I have been, I've been like telling everyone, I'm literally taking all of the perks from a commission salon, from like your laundry, your bowls, your brushes, like all of the little things that make a difference. I'm taking all of that off your plate and providing it for you. Mm-hmm. and it's just it's your responsibility to provide your color yep and I'm, that's it I'm the same way your tools and your color yeah, yeah. oh yeah tools I always forget about those um, yeah and I did it that way too because very similar like I wanted to make it easy especially if I like had a stylist that was interested in working with me that had never really been booth rent before because like opening a suite is an expensive investment because you do have to buy all that little stuff for so sure it's like, you really just have to show up with your color and your curling iron and you're ready to go. Definitely. I mean, it is such, it is such an investment. Like you wouldn't think like working in a four by four square, yeah, you would have to pay a lot of money, but damn, those color tubes are like $10 a tube now. Well, your color and your back bar and your towels and your brushes. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Just like all of that adds up so much. 
thousands and thousands to invest initially. And then probably a couple thousand. I mean, because when I was in my suite, and again, I had one other person that I split retail with, but it was still each part was like $1,000 a month in retail. Oh, I mean, you're going to die. We are getting ready to do our taxes. And so this isn't including, this is not including like hair back stock. Like this, so this is like just my rent and like all my supplies and everything for last year, $53,000. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, so add my hair into that. I'm probably at like, who even knows? Yeah. (laughs) So then that was my goal. And it sounds like your goal with opening a booth rent type salon is like, I want to take that off of my booth renters plate. Yeah. Like you can work here and not, I mean, obviously if they want to carry their own retail line, they are entitled to doing that. And I can't tell them no. And I wouldn't tell them no, but if you don't want to have to worry about that and like take that expense and that time off of your plate, like I provide a luxury retail line for you to use. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing. Like you're more than welcome to sell your own retail. I feel like retail is like a wishy-washy subject right now. Cause I feel like so many of our clients, like they like getting what they get and they mm-hmm. like, they like experimenting. So a lot of stylists like don't like, to invest in like yeah that big the big purchase so if I can provide if I can provide some things for you to purchase like like the staples you know yeah like we're not like providing like pomades and crap well and that's nice too though again like if they're it's just available like hey if you want if your client like is looking for something and you want to sell them this cool but if they want to go buy their stuff on Amazon then no pressure on you you don't have a big stock that you're sitting on that you feel like you need to sell because you've invested in it like yeah it's just an added perk for coming here definitely yeah and I think you're doing this too like if you decide to sell product then you get an incentive an incentive yeah Yeah, after a certain point you get um uh money off your rent yeah 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 and I'm doing the same thing so um yeah so but I feel like back to what we had said earlier, it, I only feel like I structured my salon this way because it's kind of what I would have liked to have had when I did it. For sure. It's like every, it's everything that we had envisioned for like, for us. Yes. That's what I, it would have helped me. It's what yeah. I, it would have been my perfect scenario. So Definitely. I'm fortunate that I'm in a place now where like I, and I want to, I want to be able to provide that for other stylists because I think this industry can be so toxic and I think salons can be so toxic. And if I'm in a place where I can help that, I am so happy to do it. Definitely. And then also like back to like your team, like I think your team and your support system is everything. We've talked about that too. And so like my strong, strong focus and Lydia and I've talked about this extensively is like, I'm going to slow and steady build our team. Like, I want the right people in here because, and that's the thing with a booth rent salon that can sometimes be scary is like your chair's neighbor will affect your business if it's positive or negative, right? So same thing in a booth rent salon. If you have one bad apple in there, it ruins the experience for everybody, all the clients, all the stylists, all future anybody that's looking, you know, like it can be really negative really fast. So my main focus is like, I just want to have a space where we all get along. 
we all vibe, we all support each other, and we all are happy to come to work in this like beautiful, supportive, happy oasis. Yeah. Well, and that's funny that you like mentioned this um, because like last week when I was like chatting about my salon and I had said like, I'm being super uber specific on like mm-hmm. who I let into this space. Yeah. And uh, like, like what you just said, like this salon is our baby. Mm-hmm. Well, my, it's my second baby, but you know, same thing. Yeah. like this salon in the environment and the community that we're building is our number one priority. So and not even just for me, but again, for like, for my, other people, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. If you're choosing to bring your business and operate it out of the salon, like I take that very seriously and I'm not going to allow anybody to put that in jeopardy either. So definitely not. Like it's every like, member that's coming in here, we all need to agree that we all are going to get along and vibe and that you feel safe welcoming this person in that's not going to jeopardize you. Yeah, for sure. And it's like like I would feel I would feel so honored if you felt like my salon was the right fit for you. I'm going to do anything and everything in my power to make sure that, yeah, I can do anything to help you. And that comes back to making sure that this is like the, the right environment for you and for your brand. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, like it's it's so hard because I think you do too like we have this like vision of what we want mm-hmm. and we're we're trying to just like sit back and let it all happen when it's supposed to happen but it's hard because I want it right now yeah, right? yeah. Like I want all my hair besties in this happy place where we all work together but yeah, yeah. Like but we're, just, we're not time. willing to like jeopardize the end goal for right for just like a quick fix you know just fill my chairs just for the sake of filling them like I want I want it to be right for everyone yeah definitely yeah so oh that was great (laughs) that was great I I thought so that was good you want to summarize wow yeah um and how many how many stylists are you looking for, Tiff? Um, I have six chairs total. So there's already Lydia and I. And yeah. then we have an um, assistant potentially coming in May. So that would be three. So then I would have three other chairs available. I love that for you. Yeah. Uh, are you doing like part-time or no? This is like... Personally, like I am not. Yeah. Just because like, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if that works for other salons, that's totally cool. But for me, I don't want it to start getting hairy of like, oh, well, she's part-time, but she worked extra this week and she's paying half while I'm paying this or splitting stations or. Yeah. And I almost feel like it gets a little messy too. Like if you are doing part-time, like with sharing stations. Yeah. Like we have so much shit as stylists. I think that gets like uber messy. Well, and then my thought process is like your other option would be to go rent a suite. Right. And like, they don't care if you work or not, like your rent is due period. Yeah. They don't care that I only work two days a week. They don't care at all. So, 
that's kind of my thought process. Yeah. There. No, I'm like 1000% on board. But then the way I structured my booth rent was like, I knew what I paid weekly when I rented a closet. Wow. <laughs> so I took that and then added like $100 extra on top of that to provide like the back bar and all of that. So that's how I kind of structured my booth rent. And I think it's pretty fair, right? Like if you don't rent from me and you go get a suite, that's totally cool. But like, you're probably saving money renting at my salon because I provide all the extra stuff and it's going to cost you way more than the extra hundred dollars a week if you were at a suite, you know? Yeah. So I tried to keep that really fair. Well, yeah. And that's funny that you like mentioned that too, because like you do have to keep in mind, like this is a business too. Mm -hmm. Like what we charge for like our weekly rent is like, you got to think about everything we're providing. Like I wanted it to be that one-stop shop, like that place. And like that, unfortunately, I mean, again, like you're going to have to pay rent no matter where you go. So like voting with your dollars there, I wanted to feel like you were getting a lot more bang for your buck. Free buck for sure. And then you're getting access to a full salon and the team, all the space, I mean, I provide snacks and drinks and retail bags and all that little stuff that you wouldn't get at a suite. Yeah. And the little stuff, like if you do it out on your own, it's, it's even more. It adds up for sure. So I I tried to make my booth rent very fair, but like it, when looking at it at face value, you're probably like, wow, that looks like a lot more than I might as well go at a suite. But when you factor in everything that I tried to factor in, I think I tried to keep it fair. Oh, for sure. No, I think you're super fair. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to like see this switch, especially now that I have a booth rent salon, like starting again to see that shift in the industry of like people coming out of school or maybe going to booth rents or commission salons and then ready to go booth rent or independent. Like, it's really cool to see where that all is going. Oh, it's, it's so unique. It's crazy. I mean, I was like telling you before we got on, I went to Paul Mitchell's career mm-hmm. fair today mm-hmm. and six girls off the bat were like, I want to do booth rent. Yeah. I was like, you go girl. Like, absolutely. Please like keep that mindset. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I just like think back to like when I was there in their yeah. shoes, like, could I have done it? I wonder now that I'm like thinking about maybe I should have done it. What would, <laughs> what would what would my career look like? I mean, I think things were different even less than ten years ago when we started, and that makes it a little harder. But yeah, um, yeah, I think now with the opportunities that are available out there to people, like let's let's go. Rip, yeah, strip the bandit off. Don't get yourself trapped. Don't become a slave. Like you have all the power to build your career however you want it find the right place and find the right team or find the right place even if that means you're in a suite and you have your support team outside of your suite like you can do it no matter what yeah I think you just have to find where you need to plant your feet and grow and where you plant your feet and grow is what really matters the most I think definitely so and like that that support system just keeping them close Cause it's a, it, this is a interesting uh, industry. <laughs> it is. It can be very good, but it can also be very bad. So again, yeah. just finding where you're going to plant your feet really matters. 
but it can be really great. Oh yeah. No, it can, it, I, this industry is amazing. Everything, all the possibilities that it has to offer. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Cool. Perfect. I feel that, good. Was a, that was a great talk. I just love talking about these things like that, like being able to like bring to the table things that I feel like a lot of hairstylists maybe don't know how to talk about or like maybe don't feel comfortable talking about. Like I'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it like comes, I don't think people are like super uber comfortable chatting about it. Well, again, I don't want to start a riot because I'm not saying that all commission salons are bad or vice versa. Like I'm speaking from my personal experience and what I've seen and who I've talked to. I think the industry is shifting away from them because but which again, maybe it's not shifting away from them, but maybe it's like, all right, well then you better step up and provide like you're supposed to. Like maybe it's a good thing, but maybe it'll just like hold hold them a little more accountable. Love that. Yes, absolutely. But every everyone <laughs> has like their fitting, whether that's commission or booth rent. Everyone 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 has their own. Weigh the pros and cons and find what works for you. Definitely. Cool. Cool. I feel good. Do you feel good? I feel so good. Awesome. So, okay. Well, that's a wrap. Until next time. Until next time. See you. See ya.